Welcome to the new game, Bullshit. Alright, so we're recording already. I'm here with John. Uh, this what is up? the video game Bullshit Masters. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so, um, we're apparently late for our own panel. <laughs> So apparently my panel is at 11 and not 11.30. Excellent. I'm already recording, by the way, because I'm a nut and Lance is the man. <laughs> oh, wow. This is all mic'd over here and everything. And every time I do a panel, I don't announce it, but I have special guests every time because, yeah, might as well. <laughs> might as well make it crazy. Um, so my name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author. I wrote the complete NES, NES Collector's Guide, complete SNES, Super Nintendo Collector's Guide, which somebody has the only proof. John, he has the only proof right there <laughs> of the Super Nintendo book. Um, and I also do a Nostalgia Chronicles, which I have here too, that not, new, not too many people know about, uh, 1990 and 1991, highlight of everything in video games. I also do a podcast called Video Game Bullshit, which is what VGBS stands for. Um, so, got some people here, you guys can come on up, and if you want, if you want, we can, everybody can move to the front, because we're going to be talking and telling stories, and everybody else can participate too, and if it picks up your voice, great, because I'm recording it all live from the podcast, my cousin will do the editing, some good acoustics in here, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't even need to use the uh, microphone, because I, I got a crazy ass voice. Oh, yeah. I got a free cup of coffee. Free cup of coffee? Yeah. Nice. All right, so we'll start over here at the far end. Go ahead and introduce yourself, who you are. Hi, I am uh, Mike Levy. I go by Mike Tendo online. I do a video game show called uh, Do You Ever Play This Game, which is a review show. I do classic games, newer games, mostly classic games. Um, it's got skits. It's, it's, it's fun. It's kind of like um, if you've seen Pat the NES Funk, uh, HVGN, like Happy Video Game Nerd. It's, it's kind of like that mixed with a little bit of uh, 16. So, yeah, we have a lot of fun, it's a goofy show, so. Um, we also do a video game podcast called Pixel Tunes Radio. It's uh, video game music, and uh, we do all different sorts of themes every episode. So, um, so you can check that out at youtube.com forward slash dongle. <laughs> dongle! <laughs> nice! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the first time. Uh, so my name is John. I'm trying to do a show on YouTube called Game Story. You won. Uh, Good 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 uh, and I'm also part of, um, as I don't have enough hats already, uh, I do, I produce games through a company called Collector Vision Games, and we produce like old games for, for or, I'm sorry, new games for old consoles, and we're working on uh, our latest game called Seahunter, and uh, Chris and Ryan's coming out for Steam and Xbox One, and it's all been 8 bit graphics and cool stuff. So I brought it down, if you guys want to check it out, I'll be happy to see you Hell yeah. Um, but our, our past, my favorite, my favorite console is the video games. I know Chris appreciates the console for sure. But who knows the video games? Okay, I might have a Game Store 81 game on the Cleveland. Yeah, there's a Game Store 81 game on the Cleveland. 
one thing real quick, I want to talk about. I believe that Nintendo really, to me, like, wasn't for Nintendo Vision's the success they had working with Nintendo and Donkey Kong and porting over. I think it really was influential for any SML to North America. That's my personal opinion. So, I really tip my hat to Clico and what they do with Nintendo Vision. Because if it wasn't for that system, we wouldn't have any SML North America. So, so, so just so you know, the format of video game bullshit is we always go off on tangents. So 90s was there just to try to reel us in, but if we go off on tangents, don't worry. Like, it, like I could literally just write gaming nostalgia, it would cover it perfectly, and that is an awesome story. Yeah. That's the kind of stories that I always look for. Like my um, Culture Chronicles book series is purposely done with stories like that because it, it makes it personal and it's short. I keep them short because everybody who's contributing to my books are like, do I did I write enough? And I'm like, no, you're too much. Like, I want it quick, concise, nice. and that way you read it, and then you can do your own nostalgia, and your mind fills in yeah, the blanks. That's right, that's right. I mean, it's it's what it is. It's an art, and a lot of actual writers have given me crap because I don't write a <laughs> dissertation about every game. Like, I'm like, great, that's free. I'm writing it for everyone, not just for me. And I did the style for me. The writing is for everybody. And it's, it's hard to reel it in. Jeff, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what got you into making this book? Like, what was... Which one? <laughs> I guess we'll start with the NES one. The what NES was, one. Yeah. Uh, so, um, actually, let me put a pause on that and let Mike introduce himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other Mike. Uh, my name is Mike Desiderio. Rewind Mike on YouTube. Um, you know, I put a, a bunch of retrospective videos on my channel, um, as well as review... I don't really want to call them hidden gems, but they're not really games you see a lot of people talk about. Like everybody makes videos on Mega Man, Castlevania, Ninja Guy. And you see all this stuff, but then you see like you know somebody does like a hidden gems video, and it's like, oh, I never heard of that game. Absolutely. Like, how did you never hear of like that Intergalactic Ninja or like yeah. um, you know Adventure Island series? Like Dick Tracy. Tracy. yeah, Dick Tracy for the, the Sega Genesis. Is oh, you missed Dude, it's like one of my yeah, it's a good game, dude. And if you played the NES one, yeah, put that out of your yeah, mind. No, Genesis is good. And yeah. so, um, recently on my channel, I got a bunch of, you know, YouTubers around my side sub, like Mike Tendo, I got him on there. And what we did was we took all the Konami games and we just did this huge retrospective where we talked about all the games that Konami developed on the NES. Nice. So that was like a lot of fun. I think it's like a five-part series of ones about So the, the hidden gems. Yeah. Nice. So that was like... That was a really big project to, to like take over and kind of helm and get all these other people like, hey, you guys want to talk about you know this game? Because I didn't want to just be like, hey, pick a game. Like Mike Tendo, again, I'll use him for example because he's here. I know he loves TMNT too, so right off the bat, that was the first person I had in yeah, mind yeah. to ask to cover TMNT 2 for that retrospective. Who doesn't love TMNT That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Anybody? Yeah. This game's just gonna tell you to leave. If you know. yeah. <laughs> Second time today. Oh, yeah, man. So, yeah, so, sorry about that. We just had to come full circle. So, okay, so my motivation behind writing about what I'm writing about, correct? So, um, I've been running websites and I started, uh, what was it, the Video Game Masters Club back in the day where you could have emulation in a browser, something mm -hmm. that never happened before because I wrote the code. But you can't monetize it, so I'm like, I, and the, I had so many people hitting that website every day that I was like, let me just make it free for everyone. Then somebody's, now they're trying to monetize it, they got taken down, now there's a lot of free sites everywhere. They did that 3D emulator too. Yep, yep. yep. 
So, like, I did that. Um, before that, I was writing about horror movies, scary movies, uh, SeroSlasher.net. Um, and as I started to write about video games on VG Masters Club, I started to get featured in Retro Gamer, um, as well as other magazines. And so I got published a few times, and then I was contributing to some European magazines, one called Pixel Nation. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeff and I did uh, Pixel Nation together. And, yeah. Uh, it was only a short-lived magazine. It was really nice. Like Three issues. Two yeah. physical. Well, two physical and then one which... We never got. Yeah. And I, not knowing any better, had a whole book done about hidden gaming gems, and they published it and went under as it came out. Right. Wow. So my so if you look on the on the corner of my complete on the, the spine of the complete NES, it, there's a number two on it. Because that's my second book. It just happened to gain crazy steam because by the time I was ready to get the NES one done, I'm like, let me just take it to social media crowdfunding and see where it goes. And I did, so I did the NES book because I wanted something to track my boxes and my manuals for the NES. And no guides had that. Every book that was out for the NES was just text. I was like, well, I want the box art and the screenshots because the box art so I could see it when I'm going around. And then the screenshot because there's a lot of games that I haven't gotten to in my backlog and I don't really know what they look like. So it'll help steer me to what I want to play next. And I was just going to do a, a paperback, black and white copy. I could put in my pocket at conventions like this and check it off. And so I took it to Kickstarter, and my big, giant, color version that I have is what sold, like hotcakes. And it was the crazy one. And probably something to do with the cover, which is Joe Simcoe from uh, you know, Garbage Pail Kids, which you are very familiar with as well. Yeah, because I met him at a convention like one of these, but it was a non-sports trading card event. And I was there for Twin Galaxies because I have world records in Punch-Out and Super Punch-Out. Um, for their for, <laughs> for the NES and Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. Gabby J. I beat him in person at Infinite Bits Convention in 09 or 08 with Walter Day there, everybody watching me. The guy who had the record was my referee. He was mad. Because I was like... Huh? Through Twin Galaxies. That's how I first heard about the Colio Vision. There you go. That's how you hear about the Coleco. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, so I did that, and so through that, through Walter Day, I went to an event, and this one guy, this one crazy dude in the arcades was like, hey, meet this dude, and he's like, I saw this stuff, it looked awesome, the sweet rot is what it was, and I saw it, and I'm like, well, have you ever done any yes? He's like, no, man, I would love to, and then I find out he's Joe Simcoe, does Garbage Trail Kids, like, I didn't even know, like, and I'm like, well, now I gotta go to, like, Kickstarter or something, so, I, you know, I took it to crowdfunding, and the rest is history, and now I get invited to conventions to do awesome ass talks and we happen to um i move around a lot so my cousin and i who edits the podcast we're like we do did all these three-hour phone calls and we're like we need to fucking record this shit like it's we're getting philosophical behind games and telling stories and and like so we started just putting out a podcast a few years ago and we're now 90 hours of content in or something after two seasons like i bet you guys have millions of hours based on how many years you've been doing uh, like the uh yeah the, the classic one like well we do a lot of like part of the all-gen gamers yeah the all-gen gamers yeah that's what i'm saying like and you think about all the stuff that's not used too i don't know how much is not used for you guys yeah, but true. yeah I, I talked with uh pete door last year and he was like dude you gotta tell your cousin not to quit editing so much he's gonna drive himself nuts because he's like we just got pushed out a lot of, yeah, a lot of them just leave it in there 
Yeah. My, my cousin's OCD like I am, but he's OCD about audio like yeah. I am about formatting. So he's like, he's like, no, dude, I have to be proud of it. And I'm like, I 100% understand. Yeah. And cool. so, like, current episodes, because we do something called Bullshit Homework, where we play a game that we, that's been in our backlog, and then we talk about it on a podcast. But all of these are recorded, see, so this will be a live episode. Like, these go out, and he doesn't have to edit together. And basically, if we have more than two people... He has to edit three, and he has to sync all the audio and make it professional because we're all calling into Skype, and you don't want to record a Skype call. So, but yeah, so basically, I'm going to run it to the ground until I go, lose my mind. How's it going with Tyrion? <laughs> um, so yeah, until I lose my mind, I'll keep doing books. Um, next book is going to be NES Oddities, Rarities, and Obscurities. So my first NES book was just licensed. I was a knucklehead because with stretch goals, didn't know any better. I said, oh, if I get this amount, I'll do PAL exclusives and all this stuff. It was already written, and we missed it by a 1000 bucks. So I'm like, I looked at what was left, and it was about 40 or 50 pages, and I'm like, no, that's not going to do. So I'm going to do Famicom in there, but Famicom games, you don't have to know Japanese to understand, which is something that doesn't exist. Famicom Disk System. Um, Famicom Disk System. I think there's over 300 FAMI right now on my list, and I'm finding new ones all the time. Um, and then Famicom Disk System, there's over 100. Homebrew games, um, there's over three, there's like 300 almost. For the NES? Wow. Yeah, for, just for the NES, there's over 300 brand new wow. games that have been made since 2000, I think, nine with, um, with Memblers, wow. Memblers Games, and his, some of his early ones. Um, I'm going to try to make that a little more concise, because if I do one page per, that would be nuts. Um, but I want to call it like games you haven't played and the homebrew revolution because like this year there was 30 brand new games and I talked to some people that make games they have like 10 or 15 more in the works that they have like a team working on them so like there's going to be a lot of new games coming up and so I'm not going to make it a complete homebrew because it'll never be complete (laughs) yeah and the, the hacks and stuff like that it just the well goes deep and so one thing that was successful, which is one thing you're contributing to, is the Super Nintendo Compendium to the Complete SNES, yeah. which I'm writing. Um, to be 250 pages, not 200 pages now, by the way, because uh-huh. my leather cover maker well, that's on my table, he made it 250 pages, so he got out of my game. <laughs> more, need 50 more stories now, brother. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do an NES Compendium, because that didn't exist last year. I didn't yeah. know that that would be a thing. Right. So... That'll be people giving me their personal stories about the NES. And that's for all backers, everybody. So not just me, not just Gamester and Mike's, <laughs> but, um, but it's for everybody. So that's the cool thing. And everybody's like, well, th- well, what do I need to write about? Like, what was your story behind it? That's the cool part. Like, that's what I want to read as a gamer is I want to read when you went to the rental store and got the game and, and finally after a month of it being sold out or some, something really cool. Just a lot more personalized. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's where we should go with the rest of this panel is personal stories about gaming and uh, you know we put 90s on the marquee so let's try to rein it into the 90s but if you want to tell a Coleco story don't apologize (laughs) this is good shit (laughs) so one thing I can do since everybody just got here what has been your coolest find of the convention so far it's been going for an hour so there shouldn't be that many crazy things i know one guy got a proof of the complete snes all right so we got a guy with the mask system we got a guy with the proof which they need to check out because they haven't seen it yet <laughs> like before you leave they want to check out the proof they haven't got to see 
they participated in it. They wrote in it. <laughs> and if you read inside of it, I personalize every proof in the inside spine. So I wrote exactly like what I used that one for. So you can see right there in the text. So I wrote in there how I used that as the last half of my editing because last weekend the guy bought my working copy. Oh, from me so like I couldn't read like I, I literally sent that to the publisher the, the final copy yesterday yesterday morning so so um, but yeah I wrote it there about that I wrote what's going to be modified from that proof because people don't realize as an author in the digital age I'm staring at a book for a year straight on a computer I'm seeing through time by the time I, I get that thing ready. So basically what I do is I order, like I ordered five proofs, because um, I was going to four conventions and one working copy. So I ordered five proofs, that way I could go around and um, do my editing in a book and look at it, look at it a different way. And I caught a lot of stuff. Like if you read some of that stuff, it's, it's hilarious. Some stuff that this guy does, he doesn't like to capitalize sentences. Like, <laughs> it's classic, but I mean, and there's stuff that I wrote, I, I was like, I must've wrote that at like four in the morning. Because, like, yeah, it just didn't make any sense in the sentence. <laughs> it's just, like, written backward. Like, and, but that's the things that you don't catch. But it's classic. That's why those proofs, they'll be a little different. Um, also, when you're doing high-res printing, everything has to be extremely professional. And when you look in there, some of the stuff in the proofs are like, oh, I need to fix this and this. And you don't know that until you see it in person. Because it looks great on a computer screen. I've it all blown up huge. Doesn't look like pixelation. But there is. Are you saying you had to change out like 300 pictures? I had to change out the first 300 pictures in that. I think all the way up to Home Alone. Like they just, they're just not quite where I want it. And you could tell by the Super Nintendo logo. There's some, that was the best picture there was though. Like I scanned my own or whatever and that's about as good as it's going to get. So I tried to make it look as good as possible. It's it's an art doing this stuff. But it's fun. And apparently I don't like sleep either because yeah. I don't think any of us like No. Yeah. You get like four or five hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I slept five hours and then drove five hours here. Because <laughs> last night I was working on a, a book for a commission project. Because <laughs> I'm working on that while I'm doing the compendium, waiting for people to give me their stories. Nice. I got his story. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, b best find, we got a master system. We got Super Nintendo. Uh Anybody else have any cool finds so far? It's only been an hour, so. Okay. I bought Animaniacs on Super Nintendo this time. Apparently, there's a guy like right around the corner that has a complete Turbo Graphics 16 collection. Yeah, or so. he's literally right out this door. Well, I'm gonna have to check uh, out. Uh, what are you guys looking for? Yeah, what are you looking for? Hey, I just bought a Coleco today. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That's a Avengers, Zaxxon. Okay. And like, oh man, all my childhood games. That's like ColecoVision was the first game my father bought me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong, yeah, that was up there too. Um, and I forgot what the fourth game was, but when I saw Avenger, I was like, I gotta get that. All right, I just like, uh, Nice. Alright, I got four more games, threw three more games in here, I was like, okay. Yeah. Nice. It has a cheap game, console design for it. Yeah, you know, it's a nice thing about it. Uh, Carnival is a good one. Yeah. Uh, I like Turbo with a wheel. Mm -hmm. You can pick one of that, that's a great game. Upcoming Sydney Hunter. There is a Game Story One video game that's an amalgamation of three different arcade styles in one. Yeah. Um, one stage is like Donkey Kong, and the one is like Space Invaders, the other one is like. Uh, that's the super cool thing about the homebrew community. It's a different like, style of gameplay. Yeah, it's is Montezuma's Revenge on the uh, there, there is a there, there is a version. That's a pretty good game too, I believe. Yeah. And Jungle Hunt. Jungle Hunt. Is that on there? Pepper 2. Pepper 2 is outstanding yeah, on the Coleco. 
We just ported Quaker Vision Games just ported Kung Fu to the division. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, so that requires what they call a super game module, which is like an attachment you actually put on the front of it, mm -hmm. uh, an expansion module. Which uh, so those expansion module games are impressive. Like what yeah. they can pull out of the ColecoVision, like they look yeah. awesome. And you know that's like an aftermarket hardware yeah. add-on that somebody made. That's there's a Pac-Man collection homebrew for the ColecoVision, which is fantastic. Like it has this Pac-Man, the original Pac-Man. It's like archer quality. I mean, it's really good. I mean, that's the thing I love about the Coleco is it's got a great selection of arcade ports. Yeah, the ColecoVision. Yeah, Tapper's another good one. Tapper's an excellent port to the ColecoVision. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I mean, I hear people talk about the ColecoVision. I've seen them before. I've played them before, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I played Atari and all that, but I just, I grew up on the NES. Like, that was my, my bread and butter. So, like, anything pre-NES just looks really outdated to me, and it's, it doesn't feel familiar. So yeah. I don't have that. You don't have, you, you don't have the nostalgia. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I was born in 83, so I, like, I didn't start playing games until I was like maybe five or six and I got the NES for my birthday. That's a huge miss. That was it. My life is over. So. <laughs> see, see, I love about this. That's story. what's awesome. The simplicity though. It's like, yeah. You don't, you don't need the graphics and you'd be surprised that even the graphics with the ColecoVision can be on par with the NES. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, a lot of those 8-bit computers and 8-bit systems. They did like, especially C64, like really phenomenal stuff. Especially oh, Commodore 64? That never stopped, by the way. They've never stopped programming games for that system. If I was to do a book, just the A's have 4,000 games. Just the A games on the Commodore. Wow. I've looked. And I'm like, I'm like that, that, I can't do that one. That's not happening. But um, the thing was, is like, I grew up with an Atari 2600 in the household. And I don't have that kind of nostalgia for it. But seeing a Coleco, I'm like, that's what I should have had as a kid. So I'm like, that is that style, that generation, which is the second generation of games. Because like my, my um, Hidden Gaming Gems book that I did, I do it generation by generation. That's what it's called. Hidden Gaming Gems, generation by generation. And I start with that generation. I'm like, Coleco is how it should have been. Because like when you're playing a Pac-Man version of a, on the Atari 2600, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. it's like, oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Whatever you saw on the arcade is what you got in the game. That's right. That's right. That's what we do on the Absolutely. Uh, there is a history of Clego book that just came out too. Yes. yes. Is he here? To I know he's wanted to make it. I know he was supposed to be here, but he, he texted me to make it this week. <sighs> it's a great book. I don't know if you've read it, but it's really fascinating. Like Clego, the name Clego itself stands for Clinton Leather Company. So actually, it started here in this area, nice. which is really cool. Uh, and then they also uh, made, like, this is back in the Depression, so in the 30s they started, so they kind of started having a hard time in the history of the U.S. And then they also went to, like, make above ground pools, and the number one manufactured above ground pools for years, and they made everything made, but it's amazing what they made. They, they started a whole vacuum uh, mold, uh, back molding for, for uh, toys, like plastic and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, cabbage patch. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's actually it sounds weird, but it's actually really good. It's it's almost like a like it's a, like a pitfall. yeah, it's like a pitfall platformer. Oh, yeah. it's like it's nice really ball. cool. It's a really good game. You should definitely check it out. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Yeah
it's common. Yeah. A lot of people, they, they put them in bands with the 2600 because they, they don't really know what it is. Or, oh, yeah. You know, like, uh, it's just super hard to find games after a while for one reason or another. And, and what's weird, too, is that, like, I would either not find them or find them complete in box. Like, yeah. when you see them, you see the box you know, looks like. Television games, I always find a box. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no and, and those are, like, brittle. They, like, fall yeah. apart if you touch right. them. And I'm like, why are those ones that are all shiny, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, absolutely. So, so I think we might have a yeah. devil's advocate yeah, here. Definitely, um, I definitely enjoy the Coleco. I enjoy every the way everything looks, and the sounds are decent on it. The controller's atrocious. Oh, I agree. <laughs> oh my god, it's like the worst thing ever. I just hate it. Now, the is the choice. is the Coleco just like the Atari? We could use the Genesis, or is it proprietary? Yeah, uh, yeah it's hard. It's only work. It doesn't really work well. You need the numbers a lot it's, of times to start. Right. Ah, right. oh, okay. That that makes sense. About the inserts that you put in the controller, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Kind of fast about the Coleco Vision. It's actually the hardware is very similar to the MSX computer in Japan. Interesting. So a lot of the hardware, like a lot of the hardware cool. that you see coming out now, are actually MSX ports. Like the the computer stuff are actually. Oh, so even like the programming language yeah, to the backbone. Same with the SG one thousand. Awesome. The Sega's first console. It's very similar. It's very related to the Coleco Vision. In fact, there was a, a Data two one that came out like in the nineties, late nineties, and it was like a two one console where it was like an SG one thousand and a Coleco Vision console. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has like Nintendo style yeah. controllers, which is cool. Yeah. Which you wow. appreciate. Yeah. But there is that like super powered thing controller they have, like, yeah. it's kind of, you seen it, it was like a boxing glove. No, where it's got a big joystick on Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the super action. The super action controller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a huge it's thing. Fun. Giant, like it looks like you could punch somebody with it. Like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So it looks like somebody got some gaming fines over here. Right? I, I, I was trying not to make too much noise. No, but like that's good. That was the first question: is, is what's the coolest thing you found at the convention so far? He comes in with four bags of games. Like, and 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 a gaming book. Oh, you got a power-based converter. We have somebody with a master system. <laughs> It's like the Wonder Twins combined. Like, I'll see, like, people out on the floor, like, friends of mine, or even people that I don't really know that well, that people will be buying games, and you'll be like, oh, what'd you get? And they'll say, yeah, I got, you know, Mighty Final Fight. You're like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Like, you get excited for other people. For sure. If you ask my parents, they do a lot of people yeah. yeah, that's what I like to do with these panels too. Is to make it about everybody because it's a convention. It's a good time. We're all just yeah. hanging out. Like yeah. that's what that's the best part about conventions. You had a question? Yeah, I have a question. Why are we talking about Coleco? Yeah, just to put a what if out there. If Coleco had invested all their money and resources into the ad, yeah. mm-hmm. how do you think that would have affected gaming? Nintendo, yeah, oh, I think because uh, they could have maybe yeah, upgraded for, to for, another. For those who are yeah, go ahead, I think they were the only company that didn't post. I think they posted a profit the year of the crash. I think they're the only company that did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. Yeah. Definitely killed them. For those who don't know, like Lego decided to make the yeah, computer, which was a couple number of big things wrong with that system. Mm-hmm. First off, the power switches on the printer. Which makes no sense. So, like, printers <laughs> for some reason stop working, or you know, like the whole thing becomes obsolete. The thing is also like huge, like a fifty-pound box. It's, it's gigantic. Uh, it was cassette tapes is one of the more formats of games or programs. But if you had a cassette tape in it and you turn on the machine, it would erase the data on the cassette. So, like, people can you imagine those people were obsessed. Um, so there were a lot of issues, and it pretty much took all their finances into the app. And just a trivia question: Did anyone know what the, why Cleveland called the app? Just curious. It's kind of a random thing. Do you have a guess? Yeah. Right. Get to do with the Apple. 
Because yeah. you wanted to compete. That's right, because Apple uh, would be not better if Adam could buy the Apple. Right. So, 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 so <laughs> no, but, but, but if you look at it in an old phone book, Adam comes before Apple. That's so true. they come first in the phone so book when people are looking for computers. Yeah, I see it first in the phone book. I think I heard that somewhere. I don't remember where, but it's actually yeah, it's actually uh, it's, I have a couple items. I mean, they're, they're, they're more technically advanced than the Vision. Like Donkey Kong, for example, has like the pipe factory oh, stage, and it has all the cut cutscenes as well. Like, you know, I think it's highly sought after. It's highly sought after. Like, well, the, the actual games like boxes that are shaped like arcades. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Box yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are super rare. Uh, well, and now people are starting to mod those and put those Raspberry Pis in them, so they're even they're taking them apart, which is unfortunate. But I've seen a lot of people doing it. Back to your original question, if yeah, was successful, Cleveland would be around today. I mean, the crash was a big crash, so I mean, I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting. Go back and tell Atari not to blow it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be interesting to see if Coleco had money after Nintendo helped rebound the video game community because they yeah. could have made a successor. Yeah. Like if they had the funds and didn't blow it on the app. Yeah. yeah. Who's heard of the Gemini? Oh, yeah. The Gemini, it's like a It's just fascinating to me that back in the day they would actually make they actually had an attachment for the people who should play Tartarus. Yeah. Which is like, that were in the last day. It's like, mind blowing. Have an Xbox One, they will play with you. It's like, you know, so obviously it's already Tartarus, but they lost because everyone was involved in original parts. Yeah. You know, so like, but one thing about the Gemini, which is cool, like with the controller, it had like the roar, and the, you know, roar and joystick in one, which is cool. Like, it's really But because it had original parts, a lot of times there's issues with with the connections and you know, stuff like that, but, uh, but I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, everything was in its infancy back then, so it was yeah. like a wild west. Literally, there was no... Yeah, and the quality control wasn't quite there. Yeah, that's the no, thing, there was no format like, to making a game, like, there was no, like, this is what a platformer well, should play like, this is what a puzzle game should feel like. Right, that's, that's why Nintendo put yeah. the seal of quality on all the games, right? They were very... And that's why they had to block out anyone yeah. Of course, there's ways around it when we saw like, other games and mm -hmm. stuff. But, the limit, uh, too. Was that five games per year limit, too, helped with Yeah, the, right. So they that definitely helped. Because, I mean, they had, like, graphic games for the Target Yeah. I mean, we got those on the Nintendo, too. Panesians. <laughs> oh, no, on the Panesians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bubble bath babes. Uh, and mermaid, yeah. Mermaids of Atlantis. We had he had his hand up for a little bit. The Adam Venture not only killed and helped kill the Coleco Vision, but it pretty much bankrupted Coleco as a whole. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that that same strategy didn't go well for their competitors. Mattel infamously made the Aquarius and the keyboard component for the television, and those were even worse than the Adam. Yeah. It's just fight off, you know, uh, everything that they were doing over in like England and the UK. Yes. That yeah. Point, and that stuff was popular over yeah, there. Right. It, it works. Huge there. I mean, the Amiga. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Commodore was yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The Commodore was, I mean, their strategy was everything was cheap, right? So you get the, the keyboard stuff was like 200 bucks. But then you have to add on the printer and add on all this. So after you add on all this shit, then it's going to be the same price as pretty much the Adam was. But Adam was all packed in one. It was like. Yeah, you couldn't get it. 
a la carte. We're like $900 back in the 80s, which in today's dollars is like <laughs> grand. It's crazy. Right? I think how much it was. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. My buddy, who's a huge legal fan, like he's a huge collector, he just purchased like, a legal kiosk. That's awesome. I did see the pictures of that, I think. Yeah. yeah. He's outstanding. He's just so thrilled. And show me this, like, Art that's after motion from back in the head, like from the 80s, and there's like, this is the actual kiosk I'm looking at. Well, those kiosks are so great. I mean, I, I just have so many fond memories oh, yeah. of, you know, growing up in the 90s and, and going to like Toys R Us to play like Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo that they had there. Just, I, would, I would beg my dad to, to take me every single day to the game. Yeah, yeah. Super Nintendo kiosk, and I thought the TV resolution was a lot better than what you Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I felt like the games looked amazing. Donkey Kong Country specifically, like, dude, oh my god, the resolution was awesome. Then you go home, it was great still, but like, yeah. I felt like the resolution was, those monitors were like really good. Yeah, yeah. They had um, um, they had the Trinitrons back then. Had, That's yeah, that was yeah, the thing before before Trinitrons were like yeah. commonplace. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I mean, theoretically, yeah, they have the same number of scan lines, but TVs at home were really fuzzy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, true. Especially yeah. when we're using the RF, yeah. like, well, comparatively. Yeah. Too. Yes. Yeah. I just picked up, uh, several months ago, I got a Game Boy kiosk. Like, the big one. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. The big one, and it has yeah. a Game Boy, it's a Game Boy Pocket one. Yeah. And it has a Toys R Us sticker on it, and, like, it came with, uh, Donkey Kong Land 3. Like, it was in it's, like, a non-for-sale promo card. Oh. You look on the back of the sticker, and it has a Toys R Us like actual store number, um, and it essentially was like from this area, which I just in this like that. Oh, okay. Which is random. It's probably one that I played. The store is still open today. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty well. But I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, it's amazing. A lot of the ones shut down. I mean, because yeah. I'm, I'm from here, so yeah. I mean, I would go to, if you guys know Waterbury, if you're from Connecticut, uh, that was like my jam. I would go to Toys R Us in Waterbury, Connecticut, and you know, they had the, the, um, you would walk in, yeah. and you would go grab the ticket, yeah, and you would bring it to the little like black, yeah, black yeah, holy yeah. grail box, yeah. and, you know, oh, yeah. the ticket. They pop it out. Yeah, they give you the games. Well, see, see, I I'm originally from Chicagoland, and it was more KB Toys. Yeah. Oh, and then, okay. and then by Super Nintendo era, Funko Land was yes. right by oh, KB oh, Toys. Yeah. And so I go over there and be like, oh, I was like, well, let me get this, this, and this, or like, yeah. and and you would see their little price guides from yeah. Funko Land, and then yeah. you go across the street over to KB and like. GameStop buying Funko Land? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of what you see, it's a lot of Funko Land. If anybody here is from Connecticut, yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the dock? They had like, it used to be a Long John Silver's, and they had this dock <laughs> that, that they never took down. So you walk on this dock, and they always had like seagulls hanging out. And you walk in, there's a game store with like all the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's yeah, outstanding. I the Funko Land was the best because uh, I would go there and they knew me so well because I'd be in there buying games all the time. And they'd literally be like, hey, can I try this game? And they'd just pull games out of the drawer and oh, yeah. sit there all day yeah. and just play games. Like, let me test this. That's what game stores are missing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I worked Absolutely. at a, a chain that shut down called Game Crazy, which was on by Hollywood yeah. Video. Yeah. And, yep. uh, you know, we would just hang out and people would come in and we would just be like, oh, you want to play this game? And then that's why I got like half of the yeah. 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 Yeah.
originally got married, and so we went to Canada for my honeymoon. Okay. And uh, I'm walking around Canada, and we're in Montreal, and I see um, they had EB Games, and I was like, did I just time travel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went across yeah. the border. Of course yeah. you time traveled. Yeah. <laughs> They live a little different over in Canada. They, I, I feel like they're lucky. I feel like they're lucky though that they get we get to go back in time because I want to go there and go back in time. I was gonna say about uh, Waterbury uh, phone call in. Yeah. I remember buying PowerBlade two for twelve dollars. Yeah. Yes. And uh, they had little Samson. It was either forty or sixty, and I thought that was crazy. Yeah. That's that's how we got our. That's how I got my Samson. I paid. Yeah. I overpaid sixty dollars for my little Samson. Oh, <laughs> Got that one and Panic Restaurant. Like cut when, like, because I used to rent it for Blockbuster all the time. Because mm-hmm. unlike everybody else, I actually enjoyed the Clay Fire games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had the box for it. And I like. I didn't think it was gonna be like worth anything, so like I threw it away. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. I beat myself up for it. First time. <laughs> we'll have him walk around the rest of the convention saying shame as we hit it. <laughs> I'm a huge Castlevania fan, and I had uh, Castlevania Legends and almost a sea of other Game Boy games. So I'm a pretty big handheld fan, and I, I was moving out of my dad's house in the late 2000s. I don't know why I did this, but I threw the box away accidentally. <laughs> I like, didn't realize it, and now I'm kicking myself. So I still have the game. I, I just... Uh, see, see I, never, I never held on to boxes as a kid, but I held on to every manual and put them all in the Ziploc bag, which yeah. I still have. Oh, so, I, I have every manual mints, but don't, no boxes. That was weird. I, I actually kept my boxes. I still do have them, which is great. But I have basically tacked them to my wall in my room. Oh, okay. So, that's that's cool. so everyone I have has a little tiny hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> But that's Patina. But what? That's Patina. Who is exactly is behind the um, people who make the home brews? The people who like work for the company before? Well, I think it depends. I mean, you. Oh, the, oh, I've been I've been doing extensive research on this yeah. yeah so, so go from from the collector vision standpoint. Cause I want to hear. Yeah, it. Yeah. I haven't heard so this one. Uh, I've been working for about four years, three and a half, four years now. So the thing about homebrewing is it's a very lengthy process. I mean, yeah. It's like you gotta find someone who writes the right thing. So 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 there is a guy here, the Ape It Heroes, Joe Granado, yeah. that he'll go into detail if you go ask him at his booth. By the yeah. way, in that process. He actually <laughs> created a whole ninja on how to create. It. He'll, he'll probably talk about this panel, but he has this whole program. He's a ninja. Where you can like yeah. create your own through Yeah, but like that lengthy process, like you can't say that enough. Like, like there's a point because I have a programming background, and I hit to I could move around a pixel on the screen. That isn't a game. Like once past that, I'm lost, and I have a bachelor's in it. Like no, it's a simple. Part is like the beta testing and like testing for the glitches and stuff because like. There's no patching, so once you yeah. the game, once you run into yeah, a, 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 a cart, it's it. Uh, so mm-hmm. you gotta make sure. So I'm like literally jumping every corner of the screen, wow. trying to like you know, try to, just trying to see if I get any bugs and catch anything. And, and then what's mind blowing? Just because it works on his computer, guess what? Burn it to the cartridge. And now oh, there's an error. You know what? That's weird. Like flashcards come annoying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, the flashcards are outstanding. On, you know, the SD cards and you just put up play on actual hardware. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's still like insane. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. to burn it to a ROM and then just yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But go ahead, the question. Yeah, the vast majority, to answer a little bit of what you asked, yeah. the vast majority of the homebrew developers 
had no previous connection to me. But I know there's the industry in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing extensive research since in my homebrew section of my next upcoming book, I'm going to interview a lot of people that are developing. And you have certain companies like Collector Vision that are getting together people to do each part. And then you have the guys like Kahan Games who are sitting at their house programming by themselves. And he's done eight games so far. And he's like, what? he was sitting on the panel with Granado last week when I was at a convention. And you see Granado's ninja stuff that he's doing on a computer. And he's just like... That would have taken me three months. <laughs> like that. And it took him seconds. <laughs> like, but like what we're doing, we're switching the game, like, for example, Savannah and the Towers of Death. And we're porting in only the Super Nintendo. We're doing the NES. We're doing uh, TurboGrafx 16 port. We're doing, like, uh, ColecoVision. Mm -hmm. We're doing, like, a support for the. But with all those ports, you have to take the sprites and you have to take the graphics and you adjust it to fit for a system limitation on the console. So it's like colors. huge. The color palettes. Yeah, yeah, uh, like, the music and audio, I it mean, it's like everything. It's like coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Not Put him on the spot. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, first quarter next year is kind of over. Oh, yeah. March. Oh, it's excited. Excited. It was like, I feel bad. No, there's, there's no way. Anybody who ever backs a game on Kickstarter, there's yeah. no way to predict yeah. what the hell's going to happen. Because, oh, like, with my game, like, you know, you know that there was a game associated with my Nintendo book. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, they decided to do four way scrolling, which has never been done. Well, guess what? You can't test that on an EverDrive. You can't test that in the emulator. He has yeah. to burn it to a cartridge every time. It's so good. Ahead a bit, of course, since we're talking about Kickstarter. And yeah, it's insane. But like, there's just so much that goes into making these games. And when you look at even companies like um, Way Forward, who have a publishing history, who've made yeah. developed games since the you know early '90s, like mid '90s, and Shantae's coming out next month, I think. And that game's been developing for three years, and they're a well-established team that's published and developed many games. So. It, delays just happen. Delays happen. Yeah. And, and they got with a very, very patient. I've had yeah. people like yeah. bringing me a new one yet, but uh, yes, it's a keyword. Uh, but no, it's this game. We're going to turn it out next year. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're excited. We're working on a game called Justice Beaver, which is kind of yeah. nice. We've <laughs> <laughs> this Beaver who has this guy, and like, it is pretty cool. But uh, that game is. You can kill other pop stars that are also animals. Like, <laughs> does, 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 does the Beaver have nice hair? <laughs> <laughs> How many games are Collector Vision building? Because I've talked to some of your guys. It's a lot. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but that's Snatcher. But uh, that's, not, that's not cool. Uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, we, we can't. We have games. We're working on that. Yeah. We have all the, the, the graphics and stuff like done as far as like, oh, wow. PC, but, are, are they going to let you if you make it into a pachinko machine? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, I've been walking around the convention so far and I haven't seen but anybody selling those big Konami graded games. I got one. I got one. I got one about to go. Um, I do have some games I'm about to show you guys. Just come on. Just yeah. No, inside. definitely check it out. Uh, we are working on a game called Sydney Hunter with Chris and Mine, which Sydney Hunter is kind of like our Mario. It's like right. our yeah. character. So we literally have like four games that we've come out with that has this character. But there's two Nintendo ones. Well, there, there's okay, so there's uh, Cast of Death, and then there's a prequel, and the Shrine of Peril, which came out for uh, for television. Uh, in fact, if you guys have an iPhone or, or uh, Android, we have an app. You can actually download it. Uh, it's free nice. on Android with ads, but uh, there is a dollar on Apple. Just type in City Hunter or Cluster Vision. Yeah, cool. Uh, check it out. It's all done in television graphics. I don't know if you ever played Smurf Rescue on ColecoVision, but it's like a clone of that game. Basically. Nice. Uh, so check it out. Uh, and then we have. Uh, 
I think doing like the mascot that you're doing is a good idea in this homebrew community because it gives you an identity. So now when you yeah. see Sydney Hunter, Collector Vision Games is going to go with it. So when you see it, like yeah. you should almost put Sydney Hunter in like pedal of metal, like put a little like Mario style camo in. Like yeah. you might as well at this point because yeah. that's yeah. a cool idea, especially when you're um developing under LJN and, yeah. and, and you know they're a no publisher and they can develop under it. And it's like yeah. it's hilarious and it's not. I love it though. I like the uh, nostalgia from it though. Thanks, it's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. LJ was owned by the claim or vice versa. Oh, yeah. So the second time you started LJN, started to use you, and you guys started coming that you started. It's still around today. Yeah, it's really good. Can you guys guess? You guys know the. So we did LGN, THD, and what's the third one? Activision? No. They don't make games, bro. They make toys. Oh, Flying Edge. Uh, play, Playmates? Huh? Flying Edge? Jack Specific. Jack Specific. Yeah, the wrestling toys, and they made the wrestling yeah. figures. Yeah. Yeah. They, they made the wrestling games. Star Wars from my brother. You know, they just start around. But, uh, they, got, they got passed away, but uh, it's awesome. pretty bad with the Oh wow! Um, and I saw THQ. Someone bought the rights to. Do you hear about that THQ? Someone yeah. bought the rights to THQ. That's cool. Going to back the Darksiders series. Which yeah. Is, no, Darksiders are supposed yeah. to be coming out with a new. Which is awesome. Game on the Wii U and stuff that ports. Excellent. So, so I don't think you answered me. How many games is Collector Vision working on? Well, the thing is, we have different. And, and it doesn't even matter, like just started or like. So, I like, think there's like a lot. We did once like every quarter we come out with three or four games. It's pretty yeah. Well, most of those are Because I've seen you post a few recently. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's outstanding. So we have different pro- programs for different projects, so it's not like the same guy. Yeah. Well, things, like I said, it's a collector version. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a big collective of people that are programming. So like you're gonna have the people that are working on Sydney Hunter for the Kickstarter backers aren't right. the same people that are working on the ColecoVision ports. Right. Yeah, and you get there's some really talented programmers, some passionate guys that are part of your yeah. team. It's awesome. Because I've chatted with a bunch of them. That's how I know certain. But it's stuff. much more difficult now that we're getting everybody because like we have a VU dev kit, we have an Xbox One dev, and we have all the modern codes. So I'm mean, essentially going on the forums and like right, and I've seen the developer and I see all the, the drama that goes on, like especially the Wii U, because like is this just dead and like you know, yeah. you know like, yeah. that's what I want to ask. And it's gonna even mom with the only tell developers what's going on that next. Like I'm tired. That. But even if I would have known, I, I couldn't legally tell you what's going on because yeah. Nintendo's probably listening. They probably have some Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, but they know. And no, that's. They're very quick. I can't take any pictures of the dev kit or show it. Wow. They're like, non disclosure. Yeah. Right in this microphone. <laughs> what's that? said they're right in this microphone, so you they, can't. It doesn't even work. <laughs> work. Um, well, I think there is a Nintendo guy. Uh, Representative of Nintendo that's here. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the development for product games is we're using Unity, which is like great because then we can like port that to like Android, iOS, we do uh, like PS4, we do Xbox One, we do Steam, and it's just a matter of just tweaking things. Where like mm-hmm. retro games, it's like. Oh, yeah, it's built in. Yeah. That's the thing, is there's no engines. They, they all run on the same architecture. That's they all have the same architecture. That's why it's easy to do Android. And actually, you talk to Xbox One, it's all yeah. the same. Yeah, uh, and talk to the programmer, because this game's all done in 8-bit with even with sound, but he's actually building on a 3D platform, but doing the 2D. Yeah, now, now can they can they expand it and make it larger if they wanted to? Since they're using the same size constraints, uh, but they well, make yeah, the levels the like huge. Ratio is different, right? Because I think yeah. the standard Nintendo has like four by three. Yeah, sixteen by nine. 
So it's, it's why there's that you're monitoring more. But, but what I mean is, though, is could they make like instead of having twenty worlds, make a thousand worlds because you have infinite storage space? Uh, like you can make the game infinitely you long at that point. Release the game? I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> then you could go to like a dev kit style aspect yeah. or creator. Like there's some awesome this aspects. Is, but this, this game is definitely yeah. coming out as our flagship game. I'm that's really awesome. Super, super sad. I don't oh yeah. We're playing games like Shovel Knight, but it's like yeah. yeah. Very similar to that kind of style, but we're taking things like Mega Man and Castlevania and, and uh, Marvelous 2 and Marvelous 3 and all these classic games and like put them together and just love letters to the game. It looks nice. good, dude. It's got the Indiana Jones look to it, too. Yeah. Man. Like that whole, yeah. like, you're in like runes and stuff like yeah. that. Like, yeah. It's, it's all done in like my culture. Yeah. Like, yeah. It all looks cool. It looks like it plays smoothly. Like, obviously, I haven't got to play it, but I will yeah. do that after this panel. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. and, as, um, and as he can attest, looking through the, uh, the, the proof copy of the complete SNES, um, your games are in there. It's just okay. a it's just a little bit of a synopsis of what it's going to be, cool. and I'm, I actually changed the date. I had it as 2016. I put it as 2000 XX to do a little Mega Man thing because because like, we don't know. Like, so there's there's yeah there's there's a few games that I left 2000 XX just because like if it's not out something happens I don't want it to be rough. So I just made sure it's as as accurate as possible. It, it'll be the same thing with the Nintendo book too. Like when I do all the homebrews. I think we're our time is up. What, what, how much time do we have? 45 minutes? An hour? Like uh, 50 minutes. 50 minutes? Yeah. Well, um, so any quick question? Because we've been talking nostalgia and homebrews. So maybe a question for, uh, for John. For John. As, as, a, as, a collect, as a huge console collector, what are the consoles that have not been cloned that are still, you would, you would still consider important to the history of gaming consoles? Um, because earlier you pointed out that, say, it was totally legal to clone to clone an Atari VCS, and that was the case for pretty much all of the early consoles yeah. for the NES, since they used third-party chips. Right. So, they mm. So kind of rephrase the question. So, like, what's what comes important in the history of the console gaming that, that, that haven't been cloned. that you that haven't been able to be cloned yet? So like the Sega oh. Saturn would be one. Dude, like the Vectrex. Vectrex. <laughs> yeah. Play the Vectrex, but it's an amazing yeah. console. That kind of came out right from the deathbed of the game crash, but right now that's an amazing console. They, have, they haven't done yeah. an FM Towns Marty yet. Done an N sixty four clone. Yeah, N sixty four. The date's still coming, I think. Yeah, uh, but even to emulate N sixty four, it's not the same. Yeah, you know, right. But once once they got to three D, it was impossible. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So I mean, the Vectrex would be my yeah. Person. I love the TurboGrafx PC Engine. It's like one of my under Yeah. Consoles. Well, they did yeah. just put that in that new system. That's true. They did. Yeah. So that's but that's the yeah. that's the newest one. I got one. What? I'm building a little bit on that question. What old consoles, say prior, I'm assuming when you we think of like things like even Nintendo and such, those would be considered third generation. What would then you consider to be, let me think of the best word, I would almost, I had a word for it. I'd almost would want to say a, um, Ah. It'll come to you. What, what, year, what year is the console? Like, what year? Not a, uh, like, a, say pre-1985. Oh, you're so talking about, like, a Pong clone? Like, like, Generation 2, Generation 1? Yeah, like, Generation 2, two. Generation yeah. 1. So, 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 Generation 1 is basically your Pong. Yeah. Um, it was it was the standard there. Yeah, your like, Space War. There, like, uh, when he said, like, what things would be all up, what was your question again? Which consoles have you been Which consoles have you been like, if you were, like, to want to... 
collect consoles or like look for like um, like almost like what you were saying like earlier the hidden gems. Mm -hmm. What would be like from, from generation one, generation two? Almost like the star star consoles you really would want to look at. So so your original generation consoles or games to collect for in the early consoles themselves. And television is a great one, especially because we ha I have one that has the old Intellivision. Uh, you could put a cloth mm. cover over it, and nobody's ever seen that, and everybody's losing their damn mind over yeah, that. And and of course, like yeah. like you mentioned, the Coleco um, kiosk. There's an Atari Twenty Six Hundred kiosk that's like the size of a room. It's like huge. It's huge. Like that's when you want to get into the obscures. You get into the big collector pieces of those systems, because a lot of those systems were mass marketed and thrown out there. That's why there was a crash. Um, some of your really obscurities, though, like the Odyssey One, not the Odyssey Two, but the Odyssey One. Is, is a pretty obscure one. And then you go into some of the computers. I mean, some of the different yeah. types of computers are, are getting kind of collectible, like the Specky and I stuff out there. Apple II C. Yeah, Apple II. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Oregon Trail! Yeah. It's kind of a testament to back then, though, because those, those old so, games, so they, they kick were coming out, out so often and yeah. so fast that they weren't really checking if they were actually really fun or good games. That's one of the reasons why the crash happened. So, yeah. you know, I, I think nowadays with homebrew developers that are, that are coming out with games, like I played a uh, game for 2600 called Miss, Miss It, I think it's called. Oh, it's, and that's a really fun game. And it's just, it's like just a square and you're like moving, like it's, it's a simple, yeah. easy game. And uh, so now I think developers, homebrew developers, are, are going back and they're making games for these old systems and they're making them really fun. And well, and what I like about the 2600 is they're using new tech that's cheap yeah. to expand the cartridges beyond yeah. what they could back in the day. It's outstanding. There's, there's, there's a homebrew that came out uh, years ago for the 2600 called, uh, what is it called? Um, Oh, well, there's one called Zippy, which is basically like a Yeah, Princess game. Rescue. Oh, Princess Rescue. Yeah, yeah, I have a copy. Uh, Princess Rescue. It's Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. It's Mario Brothers. It plays great. It sounds actually pretty good. And then come out with Halo, too. But Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. The Porcupine, which is basically like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Zippy the Porcupine. <laughs> I actually haven't played that one yet, but it looks it looks pretty good. I mean, yeah. yeah. So um, before we get kicked out of here, let, <laughs> let let everybody know where they can find you. So go ahead, Mike Tendo. Yeah. So again, um, uh, my name's Mike Levy, but I go by Mike Tendo on uh, YouTube. Uh, you can look me up on YouTube.com forward slash Dongled. Uh, I do a show called To Do You Haven't Played This Game. It's a video game review show. Um, yeah, it's got it's, it's it's a lot of fun. It's goofy. It's, it's happy. Fun. Yeah. Do retro games, newer games, big mix. Uh, try to fit as much like opinion and, and uh, you know look at yeah. things on a professional manner, but also this gets goofy. And uh, PixelTunesRadio.com, which yep. is a video game music podcast. And awesome. uh, you check it out at PixelTunesRadio.com. Go for it, shows. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm everywhere. <laughs> uh, Games31, Google search it, you'll find me on Facebook and on YouTube anyway. Uh, the website, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so Star Wars 77 is that, uh, the website for that as well. Um, and then I have uh, Game on Expo, which is the good website I do with Phoenix, and then the Collector Vision Games is on Facebook, yeah. collectorvision.com. 
Nice. Um, so you can find me at HagensAlley.com. I have all the books available for sale. I have a lot of them here. Uh, the guy right there with the hat has my only proof of yeah, the Super Nintendo book. <laughs> um, everybody here has contributed to it, as well as a lot of um, other people from online. Uh, the Super Nintendo Compendium is coming up. I'm writing it. Backers of the book can write stories in the Super Nintendo Compendium. I'm expanding it 50 more pages. It's still up for pre-order, so you can still go there on my website. Um, also, Video Game Bullshit is also on uh, my website. That's the podcast. This will be on the podcast as well. Um, I do a live section for panels. Um, but yeah, we're up there too. We're about to hit, start kicking off Season 3. Um, but it's at HagensAlley.com. And you can come check out my books here at the uh, at the convention. Yeah. It's nice too. Um, like I said before, for everybody who's here, everyone like you can find me as such on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, whatever. I'm very social, I'm very active on you know all of the platforms that I am on. I don't unfortunately have my own website like a few of these guys. I'm still a little smaller, but you know, I have fun with it. Well, you can put it up on Hagensalley.com. And GameStar81.com. I'm just saying. As I put some of my stuff up on GameStairs and Game. Mike and I are on our website called Multitap.com as well. And, there you go. Uh, there's tons of great talent on Multitap, uh, yeah. such as like the LJ and Defender and Benny and Oh God. Yep, Daria plays. Those dudes are the ones that I got to help with the whole Konami retrospective. I did on my channel for all their NES games. Nice. So yeah, you know. Well, thanks everybody for coming and enjoy the uh, rest of the convention. We might be bullshitting the games. Thank you. We're getting this. Yeah, we were getting the stink eye. I like it. So, so right here, we're gonna keep the podcast going. We might as well. Getting, getting, getting the stink eye. So this is the um, the giant one. See, compared to Pez. See, see Pez yeah, is yeah. a little bit smaller. I don't know. A custom size here. That's cool. Something like that. So, so mine is standard textbook size, so it matches everything. See, I wrote a story in it. A little bit of a story. And then everybody's pictures, obviously. And the crazy shit's in the back. It's like Waldo. Yeah, where's Waldo? <laughs> Find it. It's like our only RPG. My little yeah, one playing know. Mario Paint from day one. Right. To Showing off the book there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, they, they contributed to it, so. Yeah. <laughs> you're exactly. really in it, I see. Yeah. <laughs> swear you're in it. Somewhere. That's cool, dude. So, the things with the proof, if you look at this second page right here, this is a little too blurry for me. Yeah. So, Absolutely. It's, 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 it's fixed. It's fixed now with a different picture of my collection. Like, this, the console ones, I kept it simple. But yeah, this gets, this gets insane. Dropping All the cards. Making it rain. What are we in the back? So, Collector Vision Games. See? I did my own little thing. You have to share some screen. Um, so yeah, we got a little oh, bit. These are, all the, these are all the homebrews. I even put the new one in this year. Um, there's Justice. Nice. That's um, I even put Tiny Knight in here.